Learn about the strides female entrepreneurs of color are making. Be inspired by their story and enlightened by their leadership, insight, and advice. Welcome to She Leads Podcast, leadership empowerment for women of color. I'm your host, Nicole Walker, and this is Season 6, Episode 8, entitled, Understand Your Greatness with Constance Coleman. Go to NicoleWalker.net forward slash blog to read Constance's bio and learn more about her and her business. So Constance, thank you for joining She Leads Podcast, Leadership Empowerment for Women of Color. We are excited about hearing your insight and hearing more about your journey today. Oh, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. I think your platform is amazing. So I'm just glad to be on it. All right. Thank you so much. And you're welcome. All right. Okay. So let's get started by you telling us about your professional background and what you currently do. Okay, so I am, as you know, Constance Coleman, and I'm an attorney in the Tampa Bay area. I do exclusively personal injury auto accidents, uh, but I also am a real estate investor. So um, that's one of my passions. So I own probably maybe 10 properties or so. A couple of them are duplexes and commercial properties. um, And that's what I currently do. And I love both professions. I think they both have benefits and some drawbacks, but both benefits as well. Okay. I love that. I love that. That's one of my goals is to get into real estate investing. You can do it. You yeah, can do it. Right, right. And um, I know you're pretty busy as far as an uh, injury lawyer, because in the Tampa Bay area, people love to have accidents, right? Well, I wouldn't say they love, but <laughs> they have them all the time. <laughs> yes, they do. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I, I am busy and I love it. Um, one of the things I think that makes sets us apart or is important for us is that we have kind of that interaction with our clients. We're not one of those firms that you can never kind of talk with the attorney. We're always available for you to kind of interact with us and talk to us. And you can see me and talk to me and meet me and shake my hand, hug me, whatever you choose to do. So I'm one of those kind of personable attorneys, I like to say. Because I was me way before I was an attorney. (laughs) Yes, that's awesome. I love that. Yes. Thank you. Okay, so tell us about how you ended up in your current profession. So it's kind of strange. I initially wanted to be a pediatrician, uh, a baby doctor. And so when I was in undergrad, I was actually a bio sci major. But I have found that I couldn't deal with the sight of blood and throw up and just all kinds of things that didn't work with kind of my personality. So I remember when I was in undergrad and one of my girlfriends was graduating and I said, girl, what are you going to do when you graduate? When, you know, after we're done, she says, girl, I'm going to law school. She had it all planned out. So I was like, okay, then I'm going to law school too. So it just worked out and I took a couple of years off and then I ended up in the legal profession going to law school. And I can tell you, it's probably one of the best things that I did as far as business is concerned for me, um, because it gave me, it opened a lot of doors for me and gave me a lot of different opportunities and gives me a lot of, it gives me knowledge that I wouldn't otherwise have. And, and I can learn different things and about different topics just by reading and studying, which is something that I think attorneys do on a regular basis. Okay, thanks for that. I ended up as an attorney. (laughs) I love that. You know, you said something key, which I'm not sure people pay attention to, but we should, right? You said you realized what you were going into didn't work with your personality, Mm -hmm. right? And we need to pay attention and make sure that what we're doing is actually something that we love and something that, like you said, works with our personality so that we don't feel like we're working, right? Exactly, exactly. I think a lot of people have preconceived notions about certain professions 
or maybe their family members are in those same professions, but every now and then that profession does not work with you and who you are and who your personality is. So to be happy and to have kind of a life that is enjoyable to you, you got to kind of figure out what works for you and where you can kind of maneuver in this crazy world. So it's, it's all a personal thing on where you're going to end up at, but you know, you got to choose for yourself and know what works and what doesn't work for you and your lifestyle and your, your, your swag and all that stuff. Okay. Thanks for that. All right. So you talked about going into med or going into medical in college, but is that what it, what you wanted to be when you grew up? It was actually ever since I was a little kid, I used to want to be a baby. I would call it a baby doctor at that time because <laughs> I didn't know it was a pediatrician, but no, I always wanted to be a pediatrician. So I always wanted to be a baby doctor. I just loved kids. I loved babies. I loved helping people. And also the only professions outside of like teachers that we saw were when we went to the hospital or to the doctor, you don't normally in interact with attorneys or with contractors or things like that or other professions unless maybe your family's involved in something like that. But for the most part, you always see doctors or you see mm -hmm. teachers. So I wanted to be a, a pediatrician when I, cause I saw, you know, when I went to my pediatrician, she was great. So that's what I wanted to be ever since I can remember. All right. Thanks for that. I love that. Even though you didn't become a pediatrician, what you are doing is still helping people, you know, so Absolutely. it may not have been the form you wanted, but in your heart, you wanted to right. help people. And that's what you're actually still doing. Exactly. I think we're in the service industry. So um, we have to remember that whether I'm a, an attorney or a pediatrician, we are here to serve our clients. And I think sometimes people forget that in, in different professions, but especially in the legal profession, we are here to serve you. We are here to help you kind of work through whatever you're going through. So I am a servant. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay. So tell us about what kind of upbringing you had as a child. Like, how was that for you? So um, I had a pretty cool upbringing. Um, I, of course, there was always obstacles and challenges, but my parents um, have been married ever since. I mean, when I was born, they were married. I was born in July. They got married in September. But I grew up in a two-family household. I had an older sister who was four years older than me, and then I had a younger brother that was only 11 months younger than me. So that was the coolest part to me of growing up is that I had someone that was kind of really close in age to me. And so we kind of just had a good time, chilled out, played. I was a tomboy, so I would, you know, run with the boys. I had a BMX bike, and my brother had a BMX bike. And we just, I mean, we just ran the streets. At that time, in the 70s, it was good living. People were outside. We weren't playing the video games all day. We were, you know, playing with the water hose and drinking water from the, from the water hose and playing with the dogs. And I used to make mud pies and eat dirt, <laughs> you know? <laughs> So my childhood, my childhood was kind of cool, um, you know, no, no big complaints. You know, we went to church, you know, we went to a predominantly African-American church where I grew up was actually predominantly Caucasian. Oh. So it was kind of interesting because I had the issues. I remember I would come, I came home one time with this towel on my head and I, after the shower and I remember swinging it in my head and I told, you know, just swinging it around, I told my mom that you know, um, I want long hair and I wanted to do this because I was used to being around a lot of Caucasian people mm. and my mom being darker and my dad being African-American was, you know, they basically boosted me up, told me that I'm beautiful. And we always went to an African-American church. So that kind of helped me have the African-American influence. And I love being black. I mean, I love being an African-American woman. I love it. There, to me, there's nothing better than being a black person, a black woman. Honestly, <laughs> I can sincerely say that. 
Okay, that's awesome. I love how your parents made sure that you had that balance, you know, and Mm -hmm. that empowerment and that reassurance, right? Because Mm -hmm. it's so necessary. And to me, it's instrumental in how, what kind of adult you become, right? Because people that don't get that or don't know that may struggle Mm -hmm. and it may take them longer to understand their greatness if they even understand it at all, right? And I love that you said, understand their greatness. That's the thing. My parents always told us that we were great and that there was nothing in this world that we could not do. And so I'm so thankful for that. And our our influences as far as the black church, um, just having African-American friends always around us, that was my, those were my friends, even though I went to a predominantly um, white Caucasian school, I just acclimated more with, with um, our black culture. So I'm so thankful that my parents kind of made it so that we could go to those black churches and, and interact with other black churches and that, that gave me just who i am that made me kind of understand that we are great like you said our greatness we're great we really are great yes okay thanks for that all right so can you tell us about a pivotal point in your life and how it shaped who you are today huh um i think a pivotal point for me was um, you know, a lot, let me preface this by saying a lot of times we don't share kind of our tragedies of life, but I think those times are when we become great and we, when we become really sore and see how great we are. Mm-hmm. And so one of the tragedies I think that was instrumental in my life that made me who I am is I was dating my boy, my ex-boyfriend in, um, uh, before I was in college. And then we went to the same college and he started using drugs. He started abusing crack cocaine. Oh, wow. We were living together and he had a six-year-old daughter that moved with us. So I was taking, helping take care of her. And what, what that really showed me is how someone else, if you allow them to, can break you down, can make you feel less than your greatness. And oftentimes we have to understand we have to be happy within ourselves and we have to know who we are and love ourselves. And if the situation is dire or not working for us, we have to be strong enough to get out of it. So I think that made me a stronger person because it made me realize that I am great and I can also be broken down if I allow someone to break me down. Um, and we have to just embrace our strength and also know when it's time to quit. <laughs> know when it's time to quit. So every situation you're not meant to be in it may be just kind of a learning experience for you or kind of like a crossing road, but you have to know when you need to turn right or turn left or just keep straight. And you may need to take that road by yourself and uh, and just not be afraid to go by yourself and to get out of a bad situation. So I'm stronger because of it. And I allow people to kind of do the things that they want to do in life. But I'm also going to do what I need to do in life to make me happy because happiness is the most important thing that you can do. Okay. Thanks for that. And Thanks for your transparency. I would imagine that to be a tough situation, but Absolutely. I love your positivity, you know, in pulling out the good, right? Because even right. in tough situations, there's always a good. Right. You have to learn, you know, or examine the situation and learn from it so that right. you can see the good that it did bring. So thanks for mm-hmm. that. You're welcome. All right. So what would you consider to be one strength and one weakness? And tell us what you do to get around that weakness. I'll start with my weakness. I, I definitely think that people need to self-examine themselves because we definitely have some weaknesses. 
So I think one of my weaknesses is I'm extremely bossy. And oftentimes I allow my, my bossiness and my aggressiveness to be a little too powerful. So okay. sometimes I need to learn how to just be easy. And that's what I say. I don't, I can't explain it any other way, but I say to myself, just be easy. Mm. And um, just to step back and sometimes you don't need to exert your power or your, your aggressiveness. Sometimes you just need to just let things be. So even today, I still work on that, but that is definitely one of my weaknesses. And I'm not saying that my strength is a weakness, but what I'm saying is sometimes you don't always have to show your strength or um, be so aggressive. Sometimes you just need to chill out a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, one of my strengths is that I'm very driven in everything that I do. I like to um, get the thing, get things done. So if I have a task at hand or I have a challenge or an obstacle, I've never backed down from it. Mm. I usually figure out what it takes to make it happen and I go to work. So I definitely am goal driven and I think everyone should have goals and high goals. And if they reach those really high, ridiculous goals, then that's great. Um, and if they don't, then they, how close do they get? And maybe they could try again later. Um, but I'm definitely very goal driven. And I like to accomplish all the goals that I set for myself. Okay. Thanks for that. I can relate to the bossiness and it's fun. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I've been told that, you know, like my ex-husband used to say, you know, it's nothing wrong with it, but learn how to chill. Just like you said, like learn how to not be so some yeah. situations call for it and others don't. So kind of knowing yeah. when to play that card, so to say, yeah. right. As African-American women, I think we definitely have to, to learn that that is something. And I think once we get to the point in realizing that it doesn't take away from us, it doesn't take away who we are, then we're usually okay with being, and I'm going to use that word that women, a lot of women hate submissive sometimes in certain situations. It's okay because I'm still, I think I'm going to be honest, I'm still a superstar, even at times where I need to be submissive. So yeah. um, I think that I'm still learning to do that. I'm still working on that. I have not mastered it yet but I work on that every single day and I fail a lot. And, uh, but I get up and I try to do it again and, and do better the next time. So I still feel very strong, even though I, I know that's a weakness for me. Okay. Thank you for that. Yes. Thank you for sharing too. <laughs> You're welcome. Oh yeah. Look, you know, because nobody's perfect, right? So if we paint this perfect picture, you know, we're not going to be able to be relatable, right? People relate to people that are real. And in right. real life, it's not always cupcakes and rainbows, even though I'm a cupcake and rainbow. Uh, yeah. I love for everything to be nice all the time. Right. It's not realistic, right? So right. sharing those wins as well as those losses, as well as those lessons, you know, yeah. it's essential, right? It's essential. It is. I agree. I agree. We're still mm -hmm. learning. We're yes. working on it. <laughs> Every day, right? Every day. Every day. Every day. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay, so tell us about what you're currently doing to improve yourself personally and or professionally. Um, I'll start with personally. I think, again, I mentioned it a little earlier. I definitely try to self-reflect okay. on who I am and um, the type of person that I want to be mm. and, and try to get rid of those things that I don't want to be. Mm. And, um, and sometimes I, I, for me to do that, to do the best self-reflection, I meditate. I try to just have some quiet time because I think to self-reflect in the midst of like chaos and busyness, you're not really doing yourself justice. So sometimes you need just quiet time just yes. to reflect. So as far as my personal life, I'm trying to reflect more. I'm working on meditating more and longer. 
I'm working on being comfortable with self-evaluation and throwing away and working on getting those things that I don't find nice about myself. Mm. Um, as far as business is concerned, girl, I'm a beast. I love it. I love business. I, I always add new ventures to myself, to, to my day-to-day -day routine. Um, I think just setting for me for profession, I just set really high goals and I really try to um, just sometimes jump outside of my box. And like this year, either hopefully this year, I'm going to say this year, I want to buy a 16 plus apartment complex. And so that's one of my, my goals for business right now. And to do that, you have to make sure you have the right credit report. You have to have the right money sitting in your bank account. You have to understand, you know, my CPA has to be on point to make sure she gives me the best tax breaks. And I, you know, so that's one of the things for me for business is just trying to take it to the next level and really figure out what that requires and then just, you know, implement it and go for it. So just always striving to, to find different things and, and jump outside of my comfort zone. Okay, thanks for that. Um, you said a few things that I love as far as self-reflection, right? That it's yeah. not easy and it can be painful, which causes yeah. a lot of people not to do it, right? But then if you don't, you're selling yourself short because you never know right. how great you could be if you don't give right. yourself the chance to be uncomfortable, learn new things and grow. And that's awesome. And I love your big goals because <laughs> even if, let's say, even if you don't reach the huge goal that you set in that meantime you're going to be doing something bigger than what you have been doing right so some people are scared of big goals i'm similar to you i love big goals yes exactly look listen this is what i'm gonna do <laughs> this is, yes i don't know how i'm gonna do it i have no idea but listen damn it i'm doing it <laughs> yes. i love yeah. you. okay thanks for that all right so do you use personal affirmations? And if so, can you share your favorite with us? I do. I think my, um, my personal affirmation is if you don't succeed, try again. Mm. And I think that's important because a lot of times we consider it to be failure if we don't succeed or reach whatever that, that goal is or that point is or whatever we're focused on. But listen, you better get up and dust your butt off and let's go for it again. So if you don't succeed, don't worry. Don't don't think you're a failure because listen, do you know how many people, how many people haven't even tried to do mm. what you're doing? So you're doing greatness just by setting that as a goal, whatever that is. So I would just say, try again. Don't worry about falling and, and slipping and busting your butt and making mistakes because I've made some mistakes and trust me, those mistakes are wonderful for me because I don't make them again and I do better. So I would just say, just keep trying. You know, if you don't, if you don't succeed, try again. That's pretty much my, my favorite one. Okay. Thanks for that. And I love what you said, as far as you allow your mistakes to teach you what not to do in the future, right? Like don't keep doing the same mistake. Then it's like, okay, you're insane. Well, they Kennedy doing the same thing over and over, <laughs> expecting a different result, right? Exactly. If something doesn't work. Okay. Scrap that. What's next? Exactly. I totally agree. So learn from your mistakes and uh, just don't repeat them because that's when you could get into this big ditch because you get down on yourself. But just don't repeat your same mistakes. Learn from them and then keep on moving. You know, you'll make different ones and that's cool too, but don't repeat the same ones. You know, make them lessons. All right. Thanks for that. Okay. So tell us how you stay on the cutting edge in your field. Um, well, I think I do a lot of research and I look, 
I try to, when I talk about that meditation, it's not just for me personally, but it's also for me professionally to kind of look back and see where the need is. Mm. Where am I lacking? Where is my business lacking? I think you have to stay, to stay on the cutting edge. You have to stay relevant with people. To me, that is the only cutting edge thing that matters is staying relevant and, and, and um, important for people and that you have what they need and mm. that you're giving them what they need. And so in order to do that, I have to look at people, look at what they're saying, listening, listening to people, listen, you know, that's again, sitting back and not talking and just listening to what people have to say, listening to what their complaints are, listening to what their fears are, listening to what their goals are. And once you sit back and listen, then you'll always stay on the cutting edge because you'll come up with the needs of people and you'll meet those needs of people. Okay. Thanks for that. I love that. That reminds me of, we hear it, but do we really take it seriously where they say we have two ears and one mouth, or, <laughs> right? Right. right. So listen twice as much as we talk. And I'm speaking mm -hmm. to myself because I- Yes, I'll you speak to me too. I'll take it. I'll receive it too. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yes. yes. It's okay. good to do. Listen. It's good to listen. Yeah. Yeah. It's, a, it's a work in progress, girl. We have to keep working on it because I know, we, especially if we're business driven and life driven, sometimes we're not even here and we're just going, 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 but we have to have that quiet time to just listen because you'll okay. hear so many things. Yes, yes. Okay. So tell us about an aha moment that you had lately and what changed as a result. I would probably say one of the aha moments recently is I'm from California, born and bred, and uh, born and bred, born and raised in California. So when I came to the South Florida, um, I, I just expected something a little different. I, I really hadn't lived in the South. And to me, the South is a completely different, just, it's just different. Let's just say that. It's just different. Love it. I love Florida. I love it. But it is different as far as being an African-American person. So I will say my aha moment was when... I realized that if someone treats you wrong and if someone does something that is contrary to the way that you believe you should be treated with respect and kindness, silence is not always best. But the aha moment is don't get angry. Don't become, you know, like we can be. Don't start rolling the head, doing like we, you know, when we're pissed. We have to be always professional and we have to godly suck it up and and suck in that feeling that we have that you know when you get discriminated against or you get treated badly and that and it hits our gut and it brings nothing but rage up the aha moment is don't be don't let that come out make sure you're professional and because it'll it'll have more of an impact if you do it that way because sometimes i i will go in on you i will think of nice nasty the way to go in <laughs> But sometimes that's not the best way to do it. Sometimes you got to compose yourself and say, listen, uh, let me talk to you for a minute on the side and you give it to them the way you need to give it to them in a way. And then you walk away and you just keep doing business as usual. So the aha moment is to always carry yourself the way that you, you want everyone to look at you, regardless if someone's out of character, carry yourself in the best possible way you can do. Thanks for that. That's great, great advice. And I know exactly where you're coming from. I'm from New Jersey. Uh, yes. Two years ago mm -hmm. and I have been tested. Right. Yes. Yes, Lord. Yes. 
I feel like reacting in a certain way would be expected, especially yes. as a black woman, you know? So it is more challenging to be chill, but yet it's more profound, you know, and, and more unexpected, right? Yes, girl. But I like the advice you gave because a lot of times I may let things ride. So I like your advice of yeah. speaking up for yourself, you know, but doing it in a classy yes, so that you're no nonsense, mm-hmm. but yet you're not looked at as wild or crazy. Right. Or hood or whatever they want to say, you know, yes. Some things I'll let ride, but when I get that sinking feeling in the pit of my stomach, Okay. I can't let that ride because I'm going home upset with myself. I'm pissed off. I'm whatever. I can't let it ride. I got to say something, but you're going to know how, how cool I am about it and how pissed I am. Yes. But how classy I am when I let you know uh, that that won't happen again ever. <laughs> nice. I love it. Okay. All right. So tell us about a leadership principle or practice that governs your life. Don't take on more than you can handle. Because I used to own a marketing company many years ago. And one of the things that I try to do is I try to dibble and dabble in all kinds of different things. And what I've realized is to be great at something, you really have to give it that attention and that focus to really be great at it. Now, after you maybe have mastered it to a point where you feel comfortable with adding different things in or going different ways, then that's cool. But I would say focus on what you want to be great at. Mm. Focus on maybe that one, like your pod, focus on that pod if that's what you want to do and make it great. And then if you want to add things as you really understand what you're doing, then you can add things in. But we have to focus on kind of one thing and become really good at that. Because sometimes we'll get just scatterbrained and you're not accomplishing anything. So you just got to stay focused. Just, I guess, stay focused on one thing initially. Okay. Thanks for that. I love that advice. You know, and then you're like, look, your pot. I'm like, how does she know? How does she know? Right? No, but I struggled in that area because I am gifted in a lot of things and I'm right of many things. But it's so funny. I want to say maybe towards the end of last year, early this year, I told myself, I said, you know what? I'm focusing on this podcast. Yes. I was driving myself crazy trying to, you know, figure it all out or do this and do that. And like you said, you're not showing up completely. Nope. In one area, which is a disservice to yourself as well as to others, right? Absolutely. So that's great advice. Absolutely. Okay. So can you give us a recommended resource to use either personally or professionally? It's so it's gonna, my, my answer is going to be kind of interesting, but the only resource I will give to you is self-care. <laughs> okay. I think I've, honestly, you know, people say, oh, well, read this book and which sometimes seems like work sometimes for some people or, or do this or do, listen, self-care is the, is the best resource that I can give to you. To me, the biggest resource is self-care is taking time for yourself because if you take time for yourself, then everything will just seem to fall into place a little bit better. Mm. So I'd say the, the, the best resource I can give to you is take care of yourself, take care of yourself take care of you first and then you can take care of everything else whether it's your business your family your your boyfriend your husband your kids you got to take care of yourself first and then you're going to be great at everything else that you do okay thanks for that i like that that is a spin and i like that spin though because it is what they say you can't pour from an empty cup right so yes. 
help anyone until we help ourselves. So right. that's right. great. So that's what I'm, I know that's probably different than most people tell you, but I just think that's so important. And we neglect that, especially if we're driven. I mean, I remember going years and years without a vacation because I was just grinding, but mm. I was tired. I mean, <laughs> I was just beat down, but I was still grinding. So I was still doing accomplishing stuff, but I love taking some time for myself just to chill out and uh, reflect and meditate. And then I'm going back in hard, harder than I did before. So, okay. I love that. All right. So can you share with us a favorite quote that you have? Or do you have any? So this is a quote I used to say all the time, let justice flow like the river. And that's a, that's a biblical scripture actually. Um, but the reason I say that is, and, and it's kind of strange why I say it, but when I talk about justice, I think about all kinds of different things. I think about um, justice in our personal lives, the way people treat us. I think about dealing with people right now who when African-Americans are being choked and killed and beat and all this stuff. I think justice the way and the way that we decide to show justice to others. And when I say that, to show care for others, because I think you have to be a people person. I, I think one of the biggest plights of people is that they don't put themselves in our shoes. And that's with everyone. They don't put this, ourselves in the shoes of other people. And I think that that's why we have such a crazy justice system right now. Mm. That's why you can have people um, going to jail for crimes. They may have just done a little bit of selling dope and maybe they're now they're about to be in jail for 10 years for selling five vials of, or two vials of crack cocaine. The punishment's ridiculous or whatever. So I just think let justice flow like the river. And, and I pray that one day justice will be equal, equally distributed amongst all of us. Cause right now it's not equally distributed, but I know for me, I try to start with myself and kind of enforcing how I want justice to look for me and the way I treat people and the way I interact with people. And that's why I talk about how I let people know that I have a problem with the things that they've done, because I think that that to me borders on what justice really looks like. You're, I'm not going to go to sleep on it because to me, justice the way it should be is not it's not going to be it's not going to work well for me so i have to say something i have to do something so i just i just pray one day that justice will be equal amongst all of us and right now it's not but i pray that it flows like the river okay i've never heard that and i like that and i like how your spin was you know justice in life as well as justice in the legal system yes. and then you took it a step further right justice with yourself because like you said don't go to sleep with something that's going to bother you yes serving an injustice to who you are right so exactly exactly yeah. you know about that thing sitting on the pit of your stomach when someone does you wrong and you are foul and you go home and you're upset you walk around the house upset but it makes you feel so much better when you said something to someone and then you go home and you're like i told him you know and you feel better so i just i think that's important to do so mm -hmm. let justice flow kind of like the rivers Yes, thank you for that. Okay. All right. So we're coming upon our close. So this okay. is a fun question I like to ask. And it's funny you kind of alluded to it previously. Mm -hmm. I believe vacation is very important. Yes, yes. Enriching, you know, it feeds our soul, it teaches us things, we can try new things, all kind of stuff, right? Mm -hmm. So can you tell us about your last vacation, your favorite vacation spot, and your next vacation? So my last vacation, I will say, was to Belgium, Brussels, oh, wow. and Amsterdam. Mm -hmm. And I went last year. I travel a lot, actually. So, But I went last year, and I loved it. it. It's just so serene. It's just more relaxing. 
than we are here in the U.S. We just kind of are constantly grinding all the time. And so it's just really kind of relaxing for me. Where my next spot is that I'm going to go, I hope to go back to Africa. I've been there a couple of times, but I hope to go to Ghana this year and really explore explore Ghana. The One of the things that a lot of people that I know that are, that are from Ghana is that they say they're very inviting. Africans alone are very inviting to Americans when they come to their countries, but mm-hmm. to their country, but Ghanese are very inviting to us. So I hope to go to Ghana this year and just show my, you know, African folks and eat good and just enjoy myself. The best place that I've gone for vacation, I would probably say is uh, Senegal, Senegal, Africa. Mm. I went there for about three weeks a few years ago. And everyone was just so lovely, so kind. The food was great. The people were great. The people literally were just together. I mean, I remember we would, one of the people that was staying with were friends of mine. Every morning she would put plastic bags of powdered milk because there's a shortage of milk there, but she would put plastic bags of powdered milk together. And then we would leave the house and when we would just pull over to the side of the road and she would call people over that women over that had babies on their back and she just hand out the powdered milk to them. And it's just that right there makes you remember and think about how we focus on the wrong things. Sometimes we don't focus on giving to people, helping people, loving people. We have so many things and so much stuff that we forget that there's people that are needing our help, whether it's just giving them a blanket or something. Cause I have a hundred blankets in this house and just giving them a blanket when it's cold or something. So I would say my favorite country is Africa. And right now my favorite country to go to in Africa is Senegal. Okay. Now is that North Central? That's South- West Africa. It's West okay. Africa. Senegal's West Africa. And yeah, girl, it is, it is beautiful. It is amazing. You know, just one thing, what I remember when I was a kid and seeing on television, what Africa looked like was people wearing, you know, the little underwear thing and the little titties hanging out everywhere. And, Girl, it is not like that. They dress in their jeans and their cute stuff, and they got their their hair on wigs sometimes, or they got their hair down, they got dressed. Beautiful, beautiful people. It's it's such a misconception on what I kind of thought Africa was when I grew up to what it really is. And so if we all can just go back and check out Africa and check out the different countries and see how they are really living, I think we'll be amazed at just who we are and what we came from, why they say we were really kings and queens. When you go there, you'll understand how we were really kings and queens and we're still kings and queens, even in the U.S. Okay, thanks for that. I agree, though, that Africa doesn't get the justice it deserves or hasn't in the past. I recently met someone from South Africa and that's what he told me. He's like, we have everything, this, this, and that. And there's so many people that are actually rich and you know, have these like wonderful businesses as entrepreneurs and so many resources that are in Africa. So I agree with you that it doesn't get its justice. I'm planning to go there for my 40th birthday. So I'm excited. Oh, good. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you so much. All right. So before we part, do you want to tell the listeners just more about your business, how they can contact you, any offers or more about your services, social media, website, what have you? Okay. So my law firm is Coleman Law Group, and it's spelled C-O-L-E-M-A-N Law Group, and we're based out of Tampa Bay, but we also uh, service people all over the state of Florida, and we are a service industry, so we definitely like to work with you, talk with you, um, engage um, what you need, listen to what you have to say, and really work 
work for you. That's what we're here for. You can reach us at 727-214-0400. Again, that is 727-214-0400. Um, you can call us. You can check on our website. My email address is on there as well. And you can email me, and I'm more than happy to answer, you know, answer your questions. But we only do personal injuries. So if you're injured in an auto accident or slip and fall, just give us a call. And we'll be more than happy to help you. I think you'll be very pleased with our services. Okay. And thank you, girl, for having me on. I really You're appreciate welcome. it. Very yes. nice. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you so much. Yes, I enjoyed you. And I'm sure the listeners will learn a lot and enjoy as well. Thank you again. You're welcome. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of She Leads Podcast. Leadership Empowerment for Women of Color. Please be sure to go to our Facebook page at She Leads Podcast to like or follow us. Also, let us know if this episode inspires you by leaving a comment under the post for season six, episode eight. Thanks. Until next time, be empowered and empower on.